welcome to Noisy Narratives. This is Debbie Vallejo, and I'm here along with... Christy Williams. Amy Woodell. And we are going to talk today and have a discussion about control. We thought it was fitting. Um, it's always fitting to have a discussion regarding what control really is for believers and what it means to serve and love and worship a sovereign God um, who owns the earth and everything in it and where, the, where our place is in that. So we are going to just kind of have a general discussion about control and talk about our own struggles with our need for control, how we have um, gone to the Lord for that and to give that up in our lives. Also, just what we feel Scripture says about believers and how we respond, how we are to respond in the world um, and to those around us because we don't own it as much as we want to. We do not own it. So we're just going to go with that conversation today, and we hope for those of you that are listening that um, you will be blessed. So who wants to start, ladies? Who wants to start? Let's start with, um, let's ask the question. What question should we ask? Let's define control. When you think of control, what do you define it as? So I was pondering this, watching First Kids this Sunday, and it was a, it was upon, it was... Being some children. You were watching the children. The children. The children. And um, it was about um, sharing, and the movie we were watching, one of the characters says, well, this is all mine. I, I, this was this was all mine. Why do I have to share it with anybody else? And so then I started thinking, well, that's greed. So I thought, is control greed? Does greed beget control, or does control beget greed? So that's where, there's where I went with it. What do you all think? No, wait, what'd you come up with? I think it has a lot to do. I think greed has a lot to do with I want to I want to control everything. I want it to all go my way. If it doesn't go my way, then I'm not comfortable. Mm-hmm. There's a greed in that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. maybe I'll get further along as we as we discuss because I know you ladies had some good ideas too. So what do you think control mm-hmm. is? There you go. Um, I I kind of looked up the definitions and it's interesting. Um, there's a lot of different ways to define control. There is, and it's a noun and a verb. It is. I thought it that was interesting, both. too. Yes. And I was like, oh, that's very that's difficult. True. And they use the controlled tests in science because they want to make sure mm-hmm. that they know exactly what the baseline of an experiment is yeah. and how many times does that even go wrong because mm-hmm. it's hard to even know mm-hmm. exact, you know, anything exact in the world. But um, I think the one that probably stood out and that will probably more be referenced in our conversation, I think is more the Merriam-Webster's definition, which is kind of to have power over, to exercise restraining or directing influence over, like to regulate. Supervise. Um, supervise, make, push things environmentally. And I'm, I mean, like just in your personal space and world that move things into the direction you want them to go specifically mm-hmm. um, for whatever reason you have. So that's kind of where I went with it. What about you, Christy? I agree with you 100%. I grew up in a controlling home. And so it was fun. Fun, I say loosely. <laughs> Sarcastically. Sarcastically. Just loosely. Like, I just, it was interesting to think through control and growing up in a controlled home where my dad controlled what we ate, what kind of cereals we ate, what kind of water we had. When my mother would juice his... His vegetables, she was not allowed to use a paper... No, she was not allowed to use a paper towel because there's chemicals on a paper towel, but she could use... So was he a health nut? Or was he yeah, he's all over the place. He's passed away right now. He's with the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So where do you think that stemmed from his control? No, we don't need to go there. Okay. It's gone too deep. So let's just keep it right here. <laughs> let's just keep it on me for just a minute, please. <laughs> 
But he was. He was controlling with chores and work ethic. Um, we were homeschooled. That's an element of control, too. Like parents want to control be, for sure. um, you know, what your kids do and see, and so they keep them home. So my dad was the ultimate control freak. He controlled the budget with my mom. I'll never forget when she would come home from the grocery store and be like, okay, what was left over? Let me see the receipt. Like, he was just a total control freak. So I find myself, and I hated it. Is that hated a... It. Is that a uh, Something off of narcissism? Is yeah, that he's a hundred percent. Absolutely. Okay. So that's, that's a, yes. what's the, not a subject of narcissism. A, um, symptom. Symptom. Yes. Thank you. Subject he symptom. Was. Absolutely. Absolutely. And narcissism is a spectrum. Like there's some that are worse than others, but mm-hmm. there's so much control, control. involved in yes. all of that. Yes, for sure. Absolutely. Okay. So I found myself after my parents got divorced. Um, I was even thinking through this, thinking about control. That when you're in a marriage like that and how... Mm-hmm. You're struggling on whether or not to get out. And how do you be a good Christian wife? Do you stay in? Are you sinfully submissing, submitting to your husband when you should be submitting to the Lord? Which my mother ultimately did was like, this is not right. This is not healthy for the kids or for me. And so she um, got out of that marriage, which I think why, another reason, like you can get, you can be divorced or go through a divorce and think, oh my gosh, like mm-hmm. this is wrong. I'm sinning. You have a guilt towards it. You have a guilt towards it. And then you're like, my kids are not going to be blessed. This is going to be horrible. Mm -hmm. Which it is horrible. It is horrible. Mm -hmm. But once you get out, and if you're, my mother's nose was pretty much in the Bible all growing up. And so I still think we were blessed because she got out of that horrible relationship. And she put God as her first authority Mm -hmm. versus my dad in that situation. Anyway, so um, control. So that's where I think. And then, yes, I am very controlling. I have very control. I'm a type A, recovering type A, which means I know I'm controlling. I have Mm -hmm. to submit to it. I have to be like, I'm out, put my hands up. Um, Marriage was hard at first because my husband doesn't like to be controlled. And And nobody does. Nobody does. Yes. Yeah. And you're right. Nobody likes to be controlled. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so it was learning how to balance what is control what is not control what is submission and i have a very strong personality so i'm not going to be very i'm not that submissive okay i'll just do what you say so i don't even like being controlled i feel like you're you're open though you're open to criticism constructive very or otherwise open. absolutely but it's taken I'm me not. a long time i'm not i've gotten better but i'm not yeah. right off the bat i'm like what are you trying to say to me but oh, i've gotten yeah. better but you i feel like you can take criticism construction or constructive over otherwise and you don't get your feelings hurt right at first. You're like, oh, I didn't think about that. Mm-hmm. It's been yeah. a long road, I think, mm-hmm. with that, like understanding how to take that. But I can also give construction criticism really well. I mean, I think that's my coaching background, too. Probably. But anyway, back to control. So I love okay. to control. I love to control my little people. I love to control. And now that they're getting older, it's hard. I have to learn to be like, mm-hmm. this is not a war. I'm going to fight, a battle. I'm going to fight. They're testing their patience. So I think control has lots of tentacles to it. And I think you have to be careful where you go. But Christian and self-control. So, like, if you look up control in the Bible, you see self-control a lot. Mm-hmm. And so then you want to be like, oh. But Jesus never controlled his disciples. That's what I have to go back to all the time. He never once told them. It's all about free will. has always It was been. all about free will. And so that's where I have to kind of. And still put is. My brain. It still is. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that's kind of where I'm at, which doesn't go go very far but that's my insight on well that. and I think all very good insight I think it's excellent I I also think the church the westernized church is that how I should say it sure the westernized church um has had to f- look in the mirror and face how we have perpetuated 
in some ways, like an authoritarian, like oh, you were saying, yeah. kind of role mm-hmm. of man mm-hmm. in the home and how that has created environments where women feel like God's calling them to submit to sinful behavior mm-hmm. and sinful behavior that hurts people who God created and love. So I think that um, the church has had, and I'm again, I'm saying God's church as a whole in the Western culture in particular, I think because we can code it as something that's amazing. Whereas we look at other cultures and the way they treat women and have mm-hmm. churches, they're like, oh, we're not that. Mm-hmm. So we've kind of built this veneer over it. It's glossy. And we've turned marriage into this idol that I think can be used to control people. Oh, yes. And so then if you're, I was talking to a woman the other day that I was meeting with and just some of the hard stuff and just battling that for her. What does it mean mm-hmm. to serve in her marriage? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's hard. It's so that's hard. That's so hard Especially when out. they treat you so poorly. poorly. When do I speak? When do I serve? When do I care? When do I love? When do I remove myself? Yes. When do I not speak? When do I? Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and I'm still loving him by not speaking. That's I'm true still too. loving him by not serving him that's right now. True. Because, because ch- not so much in the Bible, but in the church, it's you will you need to put your husband well, first. You, you need to you be. You heard a lot of we were up with in our time and mm-hmm. I, it just for me it was a lot of hearing um hey women, if you just do this, your husband will. If you just do this, your husband will do that. If but, you treat him like this, your husband will do that. But then the wife is putting her husband before God. Exactly. Which Christy touched on a minute exactly. ago. Yeah. And it's our own element of control, too. Mm-hmm. Like, we we have now become this weird cycle of, if I just do this, my husband will do that. Mm-hmm. Um, when, honestly, there's just a lack of good, solid communication of, I care about you so much as my spouse. Mm-hmm. Um, what does that look like? What does it look like? I can't control you. You can't control me, but we can care love for each other because that's what God's calling us to do. So what if one of you does not want to do that? Yeah. And then what does that look like? And So um, many marriages. Think of so all of the marriages around you that you know. There's so many of them that one spouse is being controlled by the other one because they're not both putting God first. Mm -hmm. Because if you put God first, then you care so much more about your spouse, I feel. You have that love. But if you're not... And I know my best friend got out of her marriage against her will. He decided to move on. And she realized after they separated that she had been putting him first all these years that she had lost her focus on mm. God. And talk about huge, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So, well, and reminds I me think, of Runaway Bride. And we just <laughs> write. Yeah. What, what kind little, of angst do you like? I don't know. I got to try all. And, and it's interesting because I think when we put marriage on such a pedestal that our goal then is just not to get divorced, mm-hmm. we forget that divorce is just a symptom of sin. It's yeah. the end result of sin. So does that mean it's okay then to have a marriage over here that while they're not divorced, there's a whole lot of awfulness going on over there that is yeah. sinful, but at least they're not divorced. Right. And so we count that as a success. When it's really not, there's a lot of hurt and control and manipulation and things going on there because God being sovereign, God owning this earth and everything in it mm-hmm. is not something necessarily that people who love control mm-hmm. consider every day. They don't yeah. consider that God owns this and everything in it. <laughs> I am but a steward of this. God's lending this to me. I heard somebody say, we are big on our own truths. Whether they're like a creed, a catechism, a doctrinal statement, how you view your marriage, your parenting, all that. 
But the problem with that is that control emphasizes the wrong truth. Yes. And so that if you're controlling things, you're not um, allowing the character of God to be seen. And I thought, oh, that is so true. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't see God at all when we're controlling. Mm-hmm. Um, what yeah. it, um, a friend said last week, she read from a book, I think it was from Chuck Swindoll, and it said, um, if you give your cares to God, why do you care? And that has been in my head. Why do you still care or why do you care? Yeah, like, why do you still care? Yeah, why do you still care? So if I give my God, here's my cares, Lord, I'm give, casting all my cares on you, like to say, and that I'm still caring, I'm still trying to control them. But what are you going to do with them, Lord? What are you going to do That's with right. them? Because yeah. I'll take them back if I don't agree yeah. with what you're about That's to right. do. That's right. I want to return on this investment, uh-huh. please. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's too, it's like your good intentions versus your, you know, authoritarian, your power dynamics, your yes. control part right there. And I think, too, it is, it needs to be said as we're having this conversation that we are not advocating Oh, my marriage doesn't look the way I want. I'm gone. I'm done. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh, no. No. And any relationship, whether it's marriage, whether it's parenting, whether I had a season where my marriage did not look like what I thought. I think we've yes. all got This is the joy and the pains of marriage. This is not what I signed up for. This is not what I signed. I think I've said that multiple times <laughs> in my marriage. And I think that's true And I think my husband has said that also. I did not yeah. sign up for a wife Who like that. You are not the person I'm married to. You saw me be crazy before we got married, but whatever. <laughs> Whatever you forgot about that. I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't living with you every day with the whole life stretched out yeah. in front of me at that exactly. point. Exactly. You run into the car, you know. Exactly. exactly. But it was the lease back then. Now it's like exactly. forever. Right? Now you I own it. it. I think too. Um, just every even control in relationships in general, whether it's we're a child, and I think maybe that's where we go with this conversation now. Is where have each of us personally? I think Christy, you kind of touched on that too with your family, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of other relationships, family, friendships in our churches. Sometimes we want to control how our church goes and the decisions they make. I love right? that, right? Our ch- like we have seen that so now. We've we, seen that through COVID. We've seen churches yes. control things. We've seen some churches not control anything, and it's. And, and people will be put off by one way, one, one or way the other. Or the other. Yeah. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Some people in the middle of the road. Some people leave a church because of this. Some people go find another church. And I mean, that's hard. It yeah. is hard. But it's really. I mean, you're you got to watch it. I mean, I love that verse. Perfect love casts out fear. So then, what is our? Maybe that's the question to ask. What is a believer's response then to somebody making a decision they don't like or they can't control? Like, what is what should our be be our response to that? That's a hard one because that seems so situational. It me. is very situational. Well, I'll, I'll call out myself. I told I told Christy about this earlier today. I don't usually make posts online. Some I follow a comedian, and he he made a bad comment politically, and so in your opinion, in my opinion, in my opinion, <laughs> instead instead of just unfollowing him like I could have, like an adult. I wrote unfollow in big caps, and then I unfollowed him because he needed to know how I felt. He's a celebrity. He and he's probably watching just you to right. wait for like whether he was, or not he was like, oh, my gosh, I lost Amy, another one. Did Amy, what else? Amy. She's not following so me anymore. several days. So then last night, I get a comment back from the kid. Looked, his picture looked 12, and he started an argument with me. And I, Aww. he... I love how Debbie's like, he oh, pulled, I'm like, yeah, come on, kid. Just try he it. He pulled me into it, and I was never nasty. We were very tacky back and forth But this is other. engaging online, so your friends are oh, seeing it's, is, Okay, so everyone no, who's anybody, friends with you anybody that follow, No, anybody that him. follows this comedian could have Can seen see it. it. Okay. And I'm sure it was very comical to okay. them. So, you know, he, he called me some unpleasant things. Still not cursing. They were actually funny, unpleasant things, and it's ama- is amazing 
how on the ball he was about me. <laughs> wow. And I told him to have fun at high school and enjoy studying. And he said, I'm in college. And I was like, okay, college. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, at the end of it, I was like, you know what? I sent him a message, very last message. And I said, you know what? You're right. I did not have to make a comment. In fact, I didn't have to. I could have just unfollowed. So I appreciate you letting me know that you have fun at college. I, whatever. I learned something from yeah. it. Why I got pulled into that, I don't know. It was so stupid. But, yeah, I, I wanted to control how he felt, and he but wanted to control how I felt. thank you for sharing that, because online, speaking of situational, online is just a whole other layer to yes. this weird control dynamic we have going on. And yes. you just, that's, that's just trying to control the... That narrative yeah. in the social the media. Like, yeah. I want you to feel the way I feel about this. And this kid's like, I don't think so. He <laughs> told me, he told me to, um, he told me I was a 40-year-old woman and I needed to go put my kids to bed. I was like, well, number one, I don't have children. I cannot and... believe you got me <laughs> as far as the age. And I'm 43, actually. And uh, I was like, wow, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I think that's a great real-life example. What it about is. a biblical example? Like, we've talked about Sarah before. Well, so, just, she, took, she took control, and she took matters into her own hands because she was so desperate for a child, whether it was for Abram's at the time. His yeah. name was Abram, Abraham. Wanted his approval or his love, and so she had him lay with her slave, Hagar. So, to me, that was greedy control. Yeah. Can you imagine? No. That much control? Like, you want a kid that much? I'm going to give you her... You will go her sleep with my husband. husband. Yeah. Okay. Because somehow that's controlling the situation. And I mean, then, it makes sense. And then whatever child you have, it is mine. It yeah. is mine. Okay. Yeah. What on earth? Yeah. yeah. But I think that's what control does. It overwhelms your brain. It overtakes. And you're not thinking clearly. Am I the only one that thinks that that's a greedy control? Does anybody else have a different take on well, it? Well, I do think, too, speaking of the situational aspect that Christy was talking about, in that situation, understanding just patriarchy at the time what mm-hmm. that meant for women to have children not have t- children be barren yeah. how slavery and that was handled back then like you did own those people um in horrific ways even though there were some dynamics biblical scholars would tell you looked a lot different than current ones i mean that's a mm-hmm. whole other conversation but it does make control though so different depending i think on how much on power you how have. how much power we have. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Hagar had very little power or control. Her control was really in her mind mm-hmm. and where she chose to go emotionally and spiritually. Hagar? Or- Hagar. Okay. Sarah had more control because she was the, the mistress of mm-hmm. all these people. And I think even Abram gave her quite a bit of control um, for a woman. And I think some women back then did have some... Um, like they had control of the house as he had exactly. control outside the house. I mean, okay. just more of that power dynamic. Um, so, and she was, Sarah was someone who believed and followed her Lord very strongly. But I think this t- shows you, and you can look at David even, you can look at all these other people with control. It shows you that when there's, whether it's greed, like you're saying greedy, like I want something for myself so desperately, mm-hmm. I'm willing to forego my relationship with the Lord to get it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's when we forget God's sovereignty, that our control gets really ugly in horrible ways. Mm-hmm. And it has ramifications, whether it's in our home. And with Sarah, it was, mm-hmm. she gave her slave to her husband to sleep with, wanted to own that child, but then had her own. And then sent them out into the desert to die. I mean, that, to me, the element of greed then, because now I want my son to have everything. Yeah. The element of greed and 
want and desire and expectations placed on culturally everybody then just played into her basis baser instincts and it was not her finest moment Mm -mm. (laughs) at all um and i think so many people in the bible demonstrate that you know god's like even people who love me when they forget me that's what that's what it looks like it's evil yeah. Well, there's an element, too. So control means that you don't have a peace about what's going on in life. Absolutely. Right? So there's a lack oh, of good. peace. Yeah. So okay. you're functioning. Yeah. <laughs> and John 14, 7, 27, that's what peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, mm-hmm. not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Just speak to that. So keep going. Yeah, so afraid yes. and fear. So right, the most yes. common command in the scripture is do not, be, do not fear. Do not fear, do not fear. Well, if you're fearing, it's probably because there's a lack of peace somewhere. So like in Sarah's situation, she didn't have peace because she didn't have a baby. She didn't have a kid. She was like, well, God, you said I'm going to have this. It hasn't happened. And my life literally means nothing Nothing without it. Like my life means nothing nothing without this. Absolutely. So her her reaction to fear was control. Yes. Absolutely, I think so. And so I think thinking about the idea of when we are out of control or things don't, or things are out of control around us or things we can't control, there's no peace. And I think and for so her, it was the lack of peace, but still greed. She didn't have peace That's with both. how her life They looked. can both live yes. in the same space oh, together for sure. Peace, yes. greed, yes. fear. Yeah. Lack of peace, greed, yes. and fear. And so then understanding kind of the false peace and a true peace. And what does a true peace look like versus a false peace? So when we're controlling things, that's a false peace. Because we feel like, oh, we're in control. Everything looks fine. Whether it's our house, our work, because we finances. feel peaceful, like we feel like, for that yes, moment, for that moment in time. Or we even try to control just small things. We can't control the big picture. Oh, those are so much easier to control. Yeah. Amy. Are you gonna take that away from me? Yes. No, I can't do that anymore. <laughs> yes, she is. Yes, she is. So then, what does someone who? So we just talked about Sarah, mm-hmm. who made decisions out of. Greed, fear, a lack of peace. Mm-hmm. So then let's, can we talk about someone who makes a decision from a place of peace? Mm-hmm. So we can see the difference. Mm-hmm. So what's the difference between someone who, in a stressful, hard situation, makes a decision from a place of peace versus someone who doesn't? So we have... Abigail. Yes. Great example. Abigail. So, Amy, what do you think? Um, how does Abigail make decisions? In the Bible, Old Testament again, for those of you mm-hmm. listening. Her husband's men had been protected by David. And David, being in that region, asked for assistance from her husband for food and provisions. And this man, who was so um, nasty, said, why should I have to share my provisions with you. Who, who are you? Mm-hmm. And so sent word back to David's men, angered David. David and his men were on their way to basically... Slaughter his people. Slaughter his people. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of one of the men went to Abigail when her husband was um, having a celebration and drunk. Mm-hmm. And she, she decided, I will tell him later. But she made all of these... She had all these people take provisions to David. And she went and met David herself and said, um, you know, please forgive us. She was completely honest with him. Um, And in the end, she defended those who could not defend themselves. Um, And later told her husband, her husband... Nabal, by the way. N-A-B-A-L. Nabal. He became so distressed and so angry, God struck him down and he had a stroke and he died 10, 15 days later, something like that. And then... 
David ended up hearing and taking Abigail as a wife, so he had provisions for her for the rest of her life, basically. So she did that out of protecting others. She knew her husband was a horrible person, and she didn't want his good people to die because of his decisions. Mm -hmm. I like how the first Samuel 25 says they describe him as as surly, was surly and mean in his dealings. So mean, <laughs> just Abigail simple. didn't know once her husband found out what he would do to her, he might kill her. Mm-hmm. So out of selflessness, mm-hmm. she controlled that situation. Mm-hmm. And that would, to me, that would be like a perfect control. Mm-hmm. Yes. Perfect so. love for somebody other than herself, other people knowing. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, too, she is an example of doing the right thing when you know you don't have control over the outcome. Yeah. You just know you're doing the right thing. And she pure intentions. Love, pure intentions. Good intentions. And then what will intentions. happen afterwards will happen. Because and you know God is sovereign. Because she's she not knew. afraid of people going, ooh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Because so many of us make decisions going, oh, I don't want people to think this. Or what's going to happen? Yes, well, we want to influence the outcome. She gave honestly and completely because she knew David was doing the will of God. Mm-hmm. And she knew her husband was wrong. Mm-hmm. So that's why she went. She supported David in this, is because she knew he was doing the will of God. So God was her, her goal. That's mm-hmm. she was protecting his people. Mm-hmm. So, I think when you look at these things, the one the one thing that kept coming up was the one another's. Yes. For some reason, the Lord. Every time I was like thinking about this. Yeah, and so like I've been struggling for the last couple days, maybe for the last four days, and so we have this big chalkboard in our house, and it's been empty all Christmas. Why? Because I can't find chalk. Why don't I buy it? No, no, hasn't made it the list. Do you have the chalk markers? No, we did, but of course those were you know they used them in a day. Right. Whatever. So I found some the other day, and I went back and I was like, oh, I'm gonna write a verse up there. But, of course, before I write the verse, I'm like, Lord, what verse? Like, give me words. What am I going to write? What should I write? Right? The Bible's uh-huh. right there. And so John 3, 16. I know. I always think you're go-to. But you're like, no, we need something else. Like, what's going to work in the kid's heart? And I do always think about what are the kids going to see? What are the kids going to see? Right? Because you want them to write them on the doorpost, all that. Um, anyway, so the verse that came to mind was, um, you will know you're one of my disciples by your love. Or they will know you're my disciples by your love. So I wrote that. And then I woke up wrote it yesterday woke up this morning and I was like hmm that's for me Lord that's not for the kids like God wanted me to see that God wanted me to know it God Mm -hmm. wants me to as I'm washing the dishes stare at that verse that's right there and so then I started diving into it more and it brought me to the one another's um what are there a hundred of them and 94 verses in the New Testament or something like that um one third of them talk about unity one third of them talk about love um humility and then there's kind of an element of what is it? But if you're wondering, what are the one another's, right? Be at peace with one another. Don't grumble with one another. Be of the same mind with one another. Don't judge one another and don't put a stumbling block in a brother's way. Mm-hmm. I always grown up if thought that one about alcohol, mm-hmm. right? Don't drink in front of other people. But what if it's so much more than that? Of like, course. Don't judge someone yeah. and don't be a stumbling block in a way with so many other things. Right. Like my view on certain thing or my view and pushing it on them and trying to convince them but think oh and I reread Romans 14 this morning and I literally started crying because <laughs> I was like this is so good I've read I did a whole class on Romans like we were in Romans all the time I remember reading Romans 14 and just being like 
yeah, this is good. But it but looks different today. It looks different today, and if I could pull up. But here's some of it. But look, except for the except the ones who faith whose faith is weak without quarreling over disputable matters. One person's faith allows them to eat anything, but another whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. The one who eats everything must not treat with contempt the one who does not, and the one who does not eat everything must not judge the one who does. For God has accepted them Mm-hmm. Both. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To their own master, servant stand or fall, and they will stand for the Lord is able to make them stand. And it just goes on and on and gives mm-hmm. example, example of they do this, they do this, but God loves them both. And I mm-hmm. thought, oh my gosh, why do I get We're all so bothered? Yes, why do I get so bothered when certain people don't ascribe to this or don't do this or make me do this? Why did I get Or into make it? me do something? Yeah. Like, why am I? No, y'all can We all have to answer to the same Lord. Well, why did I get into it with a college kid on a social yes. site? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Seriously. Like it says right here, verse 12. So then each each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. And I thought, that is interesting. Can we just flash all of that across the news right now? I know. On a, on like, on like, a, like a bottom ticker on the, yeah. on the end of the screen. Well, and Every yeah. media show. Yeah. Don't you think so much of how we treat others, too, with the things we want them to do or be or look like has to do with our own obsessions, our oh, own yeah. understanding of what we think is important and go to? I think that's 100%, Versus, yes. which is where I have compassion for people a little bit more when I'm like, Oh, that's a big deal to them because exactly. that's their struggle. Or, oh, they have this because that's, that's their struggle. That's when you start feeling empathy is when you yep. recognize that in yourself and you go, okay, so I do have my own. I can empathize with someone else because even though it doesn't match, I know what it means to struggle with an issue yep. that controls me, that yeah. I have to work through, come out of, get my head above water, mm-hmm. constantly give to the Lord every day. So because of that, because I recognize that in myself, yeah. mm-hmm. in that particular weakness, I know now I can have empathy with someone else. And then that changes, I would hope, are how we respond, our responses, yeah. whether online or in real life, mm-hmm. you know? And it's funny, I was talking to somebody who said, what we say online, we would never say in person. And I'm like, I'm not sure if that's true anymore. <laughs> Yeah. I feel yeah. like some of what you're saying online, you would say in person mm-hmm. if you were up. I think that's how far we have come. Mm-hmm. I think our blending of the things we have decided are ours to control because we're so scared of what's coming down the road. So scared. So scared. So of scared. It. Instead of going, we really don't have control over that. You well, have control over your response. That's right. Well, and I say so scared. Because I feel like I actually am not scared about what's coming down the line. I'm Me actually, I have like, felt very much at peace, which I am right. happy. With. I'm disturbed by responses I see from believers. I'll be honest about that. I have felt my own. Really? I've felt my own movement to go in my spirit going, just God wrestling with me to be a little bolder with how I talk about how I feel believers should be responding to things out of love oh gosh, that's and hilarious. kindness. I'm polar opposite. I'm like, nope, I should not respond to those people. Because I haven't much because it's always made me nervous. Yeah. But as someone, but I mean responding, like talking to other believers. You look at how Jesus responded in the Bible. Yeah. He confronted Sadducees, Pharisees, religious leaders all the time. He did not confront government often at all. Because he's looking at the he's looking at the leaders, spiritual leaders, mm-hmm. saying, "You are getting in the way of the spiritual blessings of my people." And then even in the church, Paul's confronting the church, church leaders, and he's saying, "People, your church, this, your people, this." 
We've got to look at each other and say, how do we love one another? How do we love people in the world knowing that's what brings them to Jesus? We can yell and scream about all these other issues all we want. Those are distractions. Hmm. Because in the end, well, pointing see, you I'm to intrigued. Jesus matters, matters, matters. Well, I don't, I, there's, a, there's, there's a conference, not a confrontation. There's a, there's a way to approach things in a good way. But I feel as Christians, we cannot sit back and just be quiet. If yeah. we, and we have to... Quiet about what? That's the what are you quiet about things? Specific? Quiet about things um, that we feel are are completely wrong. Like I, I see Christians commenting on um, Facebook or making posts on Facebook uh-huh. and um, just social trying, media in general. Facebook, social media, Twitter, Twitter, yeah, and social media in general, okay. trying to right a wrong. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, accounts that are getting closed down because mm-hmm. Facebook or Twitter doesn't mm-hmm. agree with the with the narrative, and so people are speaking out and saying. Look at this post. Read up on, you know. Mm-hmm. So I don't think we as Christians have to sit back and be quiet. Maybe deal, find a different way to approach things. Um, but then once you approach somebody or you contradict something that they say, then this anger comes about because it's a control thing. Yeah. I want you to feel this yep. way. Well, I feel this way. Yep. And so online no is just such thing. a yeah. awful medium for that. Because part is. of me goes, things are getting closed down. I'm like, man, shut it all off. Yeah, I do want to go back real fast. So you said, so let's make sure I'm understanding. So you said that Jesus doesn't, what did you say? Jesus doesn't go to the government. He, and if he you goes look at to, him, he goes, goes so he rarely ever confronted civic government. Absolutely. He confronted um, religious governing bodies. So Sadducees, Pharisees, what you would consider back in biblical times, the conservatives. So Jesus is the only one that walked conservative and liberal perfectly. Liberal being something that has to change. Conservative being something that has to stay the same. So people don't shoot me. But he's saying, I'm fulfilling this in a way you never thought was going to happen. This is all new. This is a new covenant. This is I am your Savior. And he puts that in front of everybody. And then believers and church. So then you had like the church, church in Corinth, for example. They took control of that narrative and ran with it the wrong way, right? Mm-hmm. They used it as kind of a get-out-of-jail-free card saying, oh, I can do all this now because I got grace. Mm-hmm. I can do all this. I can be drunk. I can sleep around. I can because I'm, I don't I'm have forgiven. to worry about the law. I'm forgiven. Mm-hmm. And so Paul's like, no, 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 no. And Romans, do, do I sin more so grace can abound? Absolutely not. The law still matters. But guess what? The law is not what saves you. And that was different than before. The law was what saved you in their mind before. So that is my, I guess, more of the calculation of how knowing you don't have control, knowing you have influence, how do you respond well from a place of peace, Mm -hmm. a place of joy, um, a place of knowing the world is not yours to own. Especially if you think somebody else is using their influence for wrongdoing, then that's when that's when things get heated. I think. Well, I've just I just keep going back to, and I want to. I'll now you make me want to dive into it more because I don't recall Jesus calling out the Sadducees and Pharisees a ton. Matthew twenty three, he talks about it, and that's also referenced. But I am intrigued because, um, because I think what's the only time he's in the temple when he's overturning it, right? But he was really more focused on turning the Jews and the Gentiles to him and for the saving and the love and the not so much the 
judgment so just, and the condemnation, I guess you could so say. So just some of the verses are Luke 11. There's a whole lot in the chapter of Luke 11, Matthew 22 and 23. Yeah, I have that one. I think we have to be careful, though. We can't put it in a big broad. I think we should probably narrow that down and how we talk. So maybe that's another podcast. And how does Jesus do that well? I think that would be a good one, too, to those people that aren't the government, that aren't the civics, but aren't the people. But I think he just really, his heart is to turn people to him and save them. And I think the only way, and I totally agree with that, but the only way you could do that is by also confronting in that particular aspect, what people knew in their hearts to be true at that particular time. Yeah, and I think Which Jesus is, really is the only one would. for that. He's the only one that did that well. Which That's makes what I'm me saying. go and go. I, totally I don't think I, don't, I think we have to be careful as Christians to not overdo that. Overdo it totally. and do it in the right. If you're going to do it, do it in the right context. Exactly. If you have a relationship with them, things like that. So I think he does it well, well because he's perfect, obviously. But I think he's also at that time he was the only one. He was the only one for the job. Well, and you have to wonder though. Because um, that's my other kind of discussion with people's just obsession with end times. Somebody was telling me the other day, I feel like I just need to really study Revelation. No, I'm like, do. no, please don't. Oh, no, you need it. to go study. <laughs> you need to. St- that's not their struggle though right now. Their struggle is an obsession with end times. And I was like, you need to. I think most of us need to be studying Jesus and the gospel. How do we respond well in hard times? Yeah. How do we respond well when the world is kind yeah. of in our understanding, not looking the same and falling apart? We're scared for our kids and we're scared for mm-hmm. moving forward. What does this look like? Jesus is the one that encapsulates that perfectly where he was at then. We're fooling ourselves if we think, number one, that this is news to God, or number two, the world hasn't been in horrible places before. Yeah. It has been. People it have has been, been faced with times. this. hundred times, yes. And so... Instead of going and getting more obsessed with what end times looks like, maybe now's the time to go. I need to study more what a peaceful, joyful, engaging response looks like in a way that demonstrates Christ. And he's the only one that does that perfectly with that sameness Mm -hmm. and that newness together. Mm -hmm. So um, anyway, so that when I say I'm being bold, that's more where I'm talking about is... Um, but you have to be careful because you can't, distracting. You can't mm-hmm. control those people. So Absolutely then you not. say stuff and then they don't respond the way you want. You and then you have to, to be, be okay like, okay, well, moving on. And, and I'm again, giving it to you. My hands are up. I'm giving it to you. And engaging a people. No, it's, it's on that's you. right. Planting a seed. And engaging people needs to come from a place of love and care, too. Yeah. I mean, and it needs to. And you're engaging people. Hopefully you have some influence over not people you don't know. You're right. doing these great conversations like what we're having. Um, you're not yelling. <laughs> No, but it's so hard to engage with somebody. All caps on yeah. <laughs> yes, that too. <laughs> Unfollow. Unfollow like I would never, I would never walk. It was Jim Gaffigan. I'd never walk up to Jim Gaffigan and yell. And this would probably be one of his stand-up routines. Oh Unfollow. <laughs> <laughs> As you walk by him in New York. Oh, he would totally use that in his piece. He's like, somebody yeah, followed me the other day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, just one? Just one person? I walk you to? And I'll follow him again because oh, he's hysterical, but he made a political statement. And I was like, oh, no. I know. I it's hard. It. I know. It's, that's oh, very, You're human, very and I know I'm human. And I got into it with the college kid on your page. Mm-hmm. But don't do that. Okay, look. Here's, I like this back out of Romans 14. It says, let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. Okay, let's in, instead of the word food, how about in the, for the sake of COVID, for the sake of politics, for the sake of control, control, for the sake of vaccines, for the sake of online Green. or in home school, for fear. the sake of fear, for the sake of, I mean, any little thing you could put in there that we have to think. You know what? Don't destroy the work of God for the sake of X. insert word you. 
Yeah. I mean, so John, just on that, John 16, 33 says, I have said these things to you that in me, you may have peace in the world. You will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And in the end. Isn't that so happy? That means every time I hear that, I'm like, thank you, Lord. You're right. You've overcome all of us. Mm-hmm. Here's my hand. I'm throwing it up. I'm done. I'm out. So many posts on Facebook. But you know, it is God funny is when you don't have control. It is. But when you don't have control and people ask you questions that are of controlling, the answer should be of some control. Mm-hmm. It is so fun to watch their face go, what? I don't know. Like, you know, hey, so what's going on here? I don't know. That's not my issue. That's his. That's my kids. I don't know. <gasps> what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget. She had her son had a hard time with drugs when he was... 18, 19, and she was like, I have no control over him. And I remember thinking like, oh my gosh. But I look back now, right, in your young self, you're like, you can't help your kid, whatever. But now as a mother going, good for her. Like that's Mm -hmm. the best thing you could say. And especially as a witness to Jesus, to other people. Like Jesus has them. I don't have them. Like Jesus is going to do what they want to do, what he wants to do with them and take them down whatever road. To get him back to come to him. And they really have their own souls, hearts, and minds. And who knows what hard difficulties they will have in their life as a result of their own decisions that will lead them to the Lord. And who are we to stand in the way of that? I mean... A mama bear loves to get in the way. Oh, that's 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 every hard lesson. We love to get in the way of the hard lessons. This last Sunday, um, Chuck said, when did you you truly come to know Jesus? Mm -hmm. And I was like... In my hard time, and he was talking about when I lost a child, when my when I lost my job, when my spouse mm-hmm. passed away. Mm-hmm. When my, I'm like, that's when he comes to us. That's when that's when we truly know him. Is in those. I think that's when we come to him. Yeah, because he's always there, right? He's so always that's there. when we always oh, when we truly we come find, to know yes, him. Yes, yes, yes. And I think what's hard is sometimes yes, we forget, like so. Joseph did, to shore up in the in the good times in the times where there's plenty mm-hmm. we sometimes forget to shore up for the times that are coming that are real intense struggles mm-hmm. so if you're in the middle of a time it's hard of to calm yeah. and a plenty now's the time to be nurturing your heart and your soul and your mind then you get to that time mm-hmm. of intense strain and you're not agony you're not like bringing anything in you're not i mean why are you giggling? because i remember being single and people being like start praying now Start praying now. Start storing up all the wisdom and the knowledge because you're gonna get married and you're gonna need to just pull it and pull it and pull it. And I was like, whatever. <laughs> this is, this was everybody on year two of marriage. Is that yeah, what you're much. It's the same thing. Like when they're babies and they're toddlers. Like start praying for them now as they're sleeping and then pray over their laundry and pray over their underwear and their socks. Because these are socks. Wherever God takes them, Lord, just bless these socks oh, okay. and these feet and these socks and pray for this. And then yeah, yeah so you have to. I think you have to be that far out, right? It, mm-hmm. But that keeps you so level headed and it keeps your mind. If you're constantly looking up, life mm-hmm. is easier on earth. It's it's easier down here to manage. Well, I started journaling prayers. Chuck talked about that. Good for and you. I started journaling, and I've got one book that is just about this new job or where my career takes me, and all of the prayers in there are about the job the and about the, you know. So years from now, I can look back. And look how stressed out I was here. Look how yeah. what I was worried mm-hmm. about here, and look where he's taken me. Yeah, and he's yeah. And at the same time, I think when you're journaling, that is a you're relinquishing control too. I pray deeper if yes. I'm journaling because I'm yep. writing out these thoughts that in a pr- in a prayer in my head I'm like you know what I'm thinking, and yep. then, but if I'm actually yes. putting them on paper, then I'm yeah, that's right. I think in the end, I mean, there are going to be elements at times where we feel like 
we're pushing up against things we've always thought are known to be true. Like mm-hmm. things that... It goes back to this, our truth, though. Yes. Your and truth so is constantly, tri- you know, what's the word? Trial constantly. Truth is constantly being, what's the word? Tried. Tried. On trial. Yes. On we, tri- truth is well, being put on trial. Truth is Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Truth is God's word. The word, what does John the 1 truth say? Truth is constantly put on trial. Yeah. Which, okay. Truth, our truth is, until we realize we need biblical truth to get us through the world. And I think you end up as an adult. Part of why those hard times, I think, hone in on stuff more for you is you start realizing how much are things that you thought you knew that then as you get older, you realize, oh, I don't think that was true. My understanding Mm -hmm. of who God is Mm -hmm. was based on, at the time, my youth, my inexperience, my naivete, my lack of understanding, the fact that God is still molding me and making me. So I think it's we are supposed to constantly learn constantly walk in the faith and I think turning our eyes to God to Jesus as Lord and Savior is the only thing that will help us maintain a peace when we're confused when things are difficult when things are hard Mm -hmm. and so if we forget that if we forget that and we're looking to our spouses or we're looking to our government or we're looking to our church or we're looking to someone else to fix the world's problems we will all. We will be confused. We will be sad. We will mm-hmm. be scared. Is staying in God's word yeah. is also staying in community in God's word. Mm-hmm. So staying in a, what is a Bible study, a small mm-hmm. group, whatever that, is, whatever that looks mm-hmm. like, with other women that are like minded, so that when you hear their struggle mm-hmm. or you hear what's going on, number one, you're going to pray for them, but you're also going to go, oh, mm-hmm. okay, that makes not that the makes, me too, but it is a little yeah, bit like it, it oh, makes good. sense that it they sense. It, that they're in, and you have so much respect for this person, yeah. hearing of what they went through. And we and, forget the church is a supernatural resource, right? It's a spiritual resource. It's yeah. not just humanness here. Mm-hmm. When we're gathered in His name, there's a spiritual aspect to mm-hmm. the church gathering mm-hmm. that feeds our soul. And sometimes, if we forget that, that means like in times like COVID, okay, so if you can't come in in person, there are ways to meet outside, to meet in your home, to talk to people on the phone, mm-hmm. Zoom, Zoom, whatever. Yes. But to be into be- God's word with yes. a group of ladies, whatever that looks like, your mm-hmm. life will be richer because of that. Absolutely. Your foundation of Christ, your walk will, with the Lord will just be, it'll be like shining a bright light in a dark room. Yes. I- any Bible study I've been to, I feel like I've been fed in some way by the time that mm-hmm. I leave there. If I've had a hard day and all I want to do is sit at home and I'm like, nope, get up, just just go. It's like just the gym. Sit up and go. Yeah, it's like the gym. You never regret a workout. Okay. Um, but you go and you get fed in some way, mm-hmm. whether it's just feeling peaceful by the time you leave there or just, I don't know. The yeah. Calmness. Yeah. Calm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, this has been a great conversation, man. We went kind of all over the place. But in the end, I, our takeaways are, let's go around and do a quick takeaway for each of us. Christy? My thing, as always, faith over fear. So I love that first John four eighteen. There's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made, is not made perfect in love. And so I don't want to function in fear. I don't want my kids to function in fear. I don't want their fears to become my fears because as a parent, that's not perfect love for my children. Mm-hmm. Um, and so control for me has to do with fear. What am I going to be afraid of? What do I am afraid of? My kid climbing the tree because he's going to fall and break his arm? Go climb the tree, son, because we'll go to the ER and you'll break a bone. And if it happens, it's going to be okay, right? Like right. my kids have always been able to go play outside because I have to go... 
it's okay. It's going to be okay. They might breath. fall. It's going to be okay. They're going to run around, you know, things like that. But that's just is what I don't want to be. And I don't want people that know me to think that I'm a fearful person because then they'll be like, there's, there's no love in fear, right? So then I can't love them well and they can't accept the love that I give them if they think I'm afraid of things. I love the statement, fear is punishment. I do too. I like that. It's pretty profound. It is. Mine is um, g- control is greed. Control is saying mm-hmm. that I know better and that I'm not putting God first because obviously I'm thinking he can't handle it. And I'm and there's something wanting, I want. And there's something I want and I want it my way and I want it right now. Mm-hmm. And he's taught me so much this year that it is not in my time. Mm-hmm. And Aren't you continues. thankful for that? And I am because mm-hmm. in the in the time that it's taken me to get through all of that, he has so prepared me for what's coming. Mm-hmm. So, and it's gonna be better than you could imagine. It's gonna be even better than I can imagine. And like the wine he made in his yeah. first miracle, That's it right. was better than the wine that they served. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they saved it for last. I know. But I guess a good place to end it on then is Matthew six thirty four. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Um, so do not create more. Um, go in peace. Um, and I think also we had already talked about the John sixteen thirty three. I've said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. To um, so enjoy the peace. Let go of the, the control peace. and enjoy the peace. And we still, we I think things are hard right now in some ways, but in other ways we are forgetting how blessed we are to live where we live. God still calls us to do a lot with our blessings. So we have to make sure we do not squander your that. gifts and your blessings. Yes. Yeah. Because Don't hide them. Don't bury them, ladies. No. Don't. And give them to others and mm-hmm. use what you have well yeah. and serve others. There are people that need you where you are. And so if social media is causing you difficulties right now, get off it. I'm right. sorry. Get off it. Do the serve one another. Do the one another. Love one, one another. another. Serve one another. Tolerate one another in love. Yes. What? I'm sorry. That takes a lot. And somebody told me, I thought this was a good statement too. Somebody said, I have realized God's not called me to just tolerate people. He's called me to love them. And that's Mm -hmm. a whole nother step up. I'm sorry. That is free will. (laughs) (laughs) And it is mine. And I get to do what I want with that. I don't have to love you. Mm -hmm. I can just. I can just tolerate you. (laughs) Tolerate you. But of course, we're talking about, we're talking in very general terms. We can't. um, you know, tell anyone exactly what they should do in any particular situation because nope. it's not ours to their, own, we and don't we don't know, know you. <laughs> we don't know you. We don't know your so shoes. So just hopefully you were blessed by a general conversation about control. And um, until next week, though, we will see you guys in other places, right, online or otherwise, or walking around our sweet little town. Um, but until then, this is Noisy Narratives out. Bye-bye. Bye.